What is up, you guys? Welcome back to Coffee with Creator. I hope you have your coffee and you are ready to talk about Jesus. It has been a minute. It's been a while. I told myself when I started this podcast that it wasn't going to be something that I would strive for, something that would stress me out. This was just a fun way for me to get the word of Jesus out there when I wasn't doing it in my daily life or to supplement what I'm doing in my daily life, in my walk with Jesus, um, where I live. So these past couple weeks have just been (laughs) stressful and busy. Um, My husband and I got our first house. He selected what he was going to fly in the Navy. I have been working really hard and also just getting things moved into our house. We are traveling to see his family. There's just been a lot going on. And I told myself, okay, right now I need to be fed. I need to take in the Lord's word. I, I need to do that in this moment. So sorry it's been a minute, but I'm back. And I just wanted to talk to you guys today. Honestly, don't have a plan. <laughs> I have a couple things that I know I want to touch on, but there's no plan. Just like a little, let's catch up, let's have some coffee together. So, for starters, I just wanted to talk about, um, I know I mentioned this in a different podcast, but just being in a relationship with Jesus, because I have been personally struggling with this, and it's hard. I'm a human, we all are, we're all worldly people, but it's a struggle with being in a relationship with the Lord. Sometimes I think it's easy to remember or to think that I read my Bible, I go to church, I have Christian friends, I don't do bad things. Okay, I'm good. But the relationship is so surface level that it it's just, it sucks. I mean, honestly, it's where I am reading my Bible and like, yeah, okay, I hear you. I hear that John the Baptist baptized Jesus, cool. But I'm not like paying attention or understanding or taking it in or praying and talking to him 24-7 or when I'm lost or concerned or confused or in a stressful time of life, I am not reaching out to him first, which I know is what I should be doing, but that's hard. So I'm just here to encourage you if you're in that place, listen to this and let's talk about what it's like to be in one accord with the Lord because that is so important. I know that it's easy to fall back into that routine, but I wanted to read Romans 8 and bear with me. It's a little long. I probably won't read all of it, but there's some stuff that I want to touch on in Romans 8. So if you have your Bible, go ahead and turn to Romans 8 or pick up your phone or just listen. Just open your ears and really focus on the words that I'm saying and take it in. Understand. Take notes if you need to. But here it is. Romans 8. It starts with the title, Life in the Spirit. Verse 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free. I want to stop right there really quick already. Set you free. You are free, free indeed. It's free. Like, I don't know if that, let that sink into your head. The law of the spirit of life. Not the spirit of death. The spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus. Okay, continuing on now in the second part of verse 2. Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do, by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin. Again, I'm going to stop really quick. He sent his Son in the likeness of sinful flesh. Let's think about that for a second. He sent his perfect Son in the likeness of sinful flesh. So with that being said, we know that Jesus was the only sinless man. He did not sin, never sinned, but he had our sinful flesh that was he was tempted and he had that sinful flesh, but he still didn't sin. Um, continuing on. 
by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh for sin. He condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Listen to that spirit. We're going to keep talking about the Holy Spirit here. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the spirit set their minds on the things of the spirit. Okay, this next part, this is where it gets me. For to set the mind on the flesh, it's death. Take that in. If you set your mind on the flesh, on the worldly things, on on anything of the world, on cussing, on drinking, on gossip, on sexual immorality, on lust, that's death, you guys. But to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. So I just want to resonate on that really quick. That's Romans 8, verse 6. So for to set the mind on the flesh is death. You guys, setting our mind in the world and on our own worldly flesh and anything of the sort is death. Like eternal life is not is not there for those who do not accept Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior, but who do not actively live according to the Spirit. When you're living according to your flesh, that's that's death. For the wages of sin is death, it says in the Bible. And then it goes on to say, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. Continuing on, skipping down a little bit. But to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. So we we just read, we're setting our mind on flesh. That's death. Immediate, there's nothing else. It's just death. But to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. And I am here to tell you, friends, when my mind, from personal testimony, when my mind was set on the flesh, it was death. You wake up and you have regret and you have worry and you have guilt and you have shame. But when you set your mind on the spirit, when you repent, 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 such a big thing. When you repent, you have life and peace because you know that our Redeemer lives. You know that our Lord and Savior sent Jesus Christ, the Son of God and the Son of Man, equally man, equally God, to die for us. So you can have that level of peace. No shame, no guilt is welcome there. I'm going to go on to read verse 7. For the mind that is set on flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. So speaking on verse 7, that was where I was at, and that might be where you're at today. The mind that is set on flesh is hostile to God. It was, God, why are you doing this to me? If you really love me, why, why am I allowed here? If you really love me, why do I struggle with this? You know what, God? I don't even I don't even care. I'm not going to church because I feel too guilty. And why do you let me feel guilty? And why and that was where I was at. I was hostile to God. I was mad. It just what I, I wasn't happy. But it also says, for it does not submit to God's law, indeed it cannot. So if you're in the flesh, go on to verse 8, it says those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So you you cannot please God if you're in the flesh. You can't be both in the world and in the spirit. You just can't. And it, it says you cannot submit to God's law. You're stuck in the flesh. You have to fully repent to his spirit and to the Lord before you can submit to his law. Going on to verse 9. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if in fact the spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, Spirit is life because of righteousness. So that's verse 10, Romans 8, verse 10. Let's read that one more time, and I want you to really just close your eyes and process this. But if Christ is in you, 
Although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. So our bodies are dead. When we die one day of old age or whatever the cause may be, Lord knows, that your, your body's dead. It's going to the ground. It's going to decay. Cool. But our souls and our spirits, those, those are alive because of righteousness that the Lord provides. Righteousness keeps our spirit and our souls alive so that we can live eternally in heaven. How cool is that, you guys? I just think it's crazy. Anyways, let's keep reading. Um, let's go to verse 11. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through a spirit who dwells in you. So, I want you to think about this too. It's so cool. Sorry, I'm getting excited. It's so cool to me. The spirit that raised Jesus... So the spirit that raised a man, a perfect man, will also raise you, a very imperfect person. Sorry, not judging, but we are. I'm imperfect. I'm really imperfect. But the same spirit that longed to raise a perfect man, his own son, the son of God and the son of man, the same spirit that wanted to raise that longs to raise you from the dead. I just, wow. Like, feel special, you guys. That's awesome. And I just want to remind you, as we're reading this, you are never too far gone, never too bad, too dirty. That's not a thing with the Lord. That's not real. So I just want to let you know, no matter what, the same spirit that raised the sinless son of God from the dead wants to raise you from the dead that you're living in right now. Continuing on to verse 12. So then, brothers, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. So putting to death the deeds of the body means, you know, pushing that worldly, the sinful nature, the worldliness aside. That is not to say that you won't fall. That's not to say that he doesn't expect you to sin. He knows that we're going to sin, but he still loves us. It's the that constant living in sin, knowing that we are and not caring we got to put that to the side. We have to sacrifice things for the Lord, which I talked about in a previous episode. Um, continuing on to verse 15. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you received the spirit of adoptions as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. So I don't know if you're paying attention, but he adopted us as his children. So there's another verse in the Bible that talks about if our if us, as worldly people, if we will give our kids, you know, if he says, hey, dad, I'm hungry, and we throw him a rock, we're not going to do that because we love them. How much more will your father do for you when you ask? Your heavenly father. Crazy. And he is up to us. It says, I mean, I'm reading the Bible, you guys. This is God's word. Romans 8, verse 15. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery. Let me read that again. You did not receive the spirit of slavery. So you're not, I know that's a hard concept to come into, but you're not, you're not a slave. You're not here to just follow all of these rules, get rid of things that you like, and it sucks. That's not what being a Christian is. That's not it. It's, it's fun. It's cool. It brings you peace and joy. Life is good as a Christian. We are not slaves. Instead, we have received the spirit of adoption. As sons and daughters, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. I mean, Abba, 
Abba, Abba, Abba, just saying it over and over again. He is our Father. How sweet. And I know there can be negative connotations in this day and age on fathers because we are not blessed to have great, great fatherly figures in our lives. But I want to tell you today, if you need to hear this, you do have a great fatherly figure in your life. You have Abba, Father, the Lord, Jesus, God, our Savior, who wants to be your dad. He wants to be there for you. He wants to listen when you complain. He wants to help you. He wants to hear your prayers. He wants that relationship with you. So call on him. I pray, you know what, really quick, I just feel led to pray. If you are struggling with your father figure, Lord, I just pray that this person listening, if they are struggling with their father figure, they don't have one. The one they have is distant. They're just struggling with that idea. I just pray that we we knock that down right now in Jesus' name, God, that you show them having a good father is possible through you. You are Abba, Father. You can show them what it's like to be loved in a fatherly way. You can listen. You can be there for them. You can answer their prayers, Lord. So I just pray that over this person listening today. Amen. Okay, verse 16. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. So, I don't know if you heard that, but heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. How cool is it that we can be fellows with Christ? Like, we're his brothers and sisters. We are fellow heirs with him. What he got, we can also receive. Where he went, we can also go. What he's experiencing, we can also get there. Like, I don't want to say get there as in you have to try. You don't have to try. You just have to accept that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior and repent of your sins and live a lifestyle worthy of him. But... We are fellow heirs with him, guys. That's so cool. All right, moving on. Verse 18. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. So the sufferings right now, not worth comparing because guess what we're about to get? Anyways, 19. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. That the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth and birth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought to, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. So right there, it's talking about likewise. This is verse 26 and verse 8. Or chapter 8, verse 26, sorry. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray. So we humans do not know. Oftentimes, I'm struggling. My husband's struggling. My family's struggling. And I don't know what to pray. So I have to pray in the Spirit. That's the only way. I have to let Him intercede for me because I'm not sure what, what, what to say at all. But the Spirit intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And a whole other subject that I'll touch on another day is praying in the Spirit. But if you have any questions about that, please shoot me a message or message me, DM me, whatever it is. But praying in the Spirit is so beautiful because when I have no idea, there might be times where I'm like, 
saying the same thing over and over again. And I'm like, Lord, I don't know what else to ask for. Like, I don't know what to say. I have to pray in the spirit. And that's not something that I will ever do here on the podcast because that's private. That's private between me and the Lord. So just just a thought that we'll touch on at another time, but I wanted to include that in there. Um, chapter 8, verse 27. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the spirit because the spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those who he justified, he also glorified. Moving on to verse 31. This is titled God's Everlasting Love. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? I know that is a very, some might say cliche verse because it's used often, but seriously, if God is for us, who can be against us? There has been times where, and I like to share these things because a personal testimony is also a prophecy for someone else. So my personal testimony, I'm hoping can be a prophecy for someone who's struggling with the same things. But there have been times where I have just been struggling. It's like everything that could go wrong, it's going wrong right now. There's no coming back from it. But I am a believer in Jesus Christ. I am a Christian and I know that if God is for me, no one can be against me. So yeah, tires flat, cars messed up, house fell through, can't pay rent, can't do this. I know that no matter what, you know, ate the wrong thing, allergic reaction, medical problems, who cares? The Lord is still for me. There's got to be a purpose for this suffering. There's there's a reason that this is happening. This is building my testimony so that I can prophesy to others and share that with them. This is, if God is for me, no one can be against me. So I don't even want to think about that. Okay, moving on. 32. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. So God, I mean, Jesus, he's sitting at the right hand of God interceding for us. As we pray, he's hearing it and interceding and asking for exactly what we need, not always what we think we need. Verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are being killed all day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, and all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. That concludes chapter 8 of Romans. But you guys, that is probably one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. Just because how cool is it to know of God's everlasting love? Nothing can separate us. I am here to tell you, no matter what you've done, nothing can separate you from his love. Nothing, literally, literally nothing. As long as you accept him as your savior, repent and live a life worthy of him and your calling, nothing can separate you. I, I just want to, I, I hate saying this because I hate trying to identify sin, but I feel like there's people who are like, well, I party too much. I drink too much. I 
Sexual immorality is something I struggle with. I've slept with too many people. I lust too much. I watch pornography. I um, do drugs. I have been to jail. I have done blah, 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 blah. But that doesn't matter. Like the Lord says, just repent and he can free you from that sin. I mean, in a like snap, in an instant, he can be like, no, you're not going to desire that anymore. You're going to start living for me and you can. This is all possible. You can end that life that is so just longing for more. You can end that life when it, the Bible says you are born again and made made new. It, it means it. You are literally born again, new life. That old person, I think about me in college and even a year or so after college and the girl that I was skipping Bible studies for parties, leaving people, you know, just completely living life the wrong way. I think about that girl. She is like, that's not me. I think about it as that old girl that I used to know or that old person that that I used to hang out with. But that's, it's gone. Like my old life, dead. That I don't think about that anymore. That's just a testimony of what the Lord can do in someone. Because if you knew me in college and like a year after college, you wouldn't know me today. And I mean that very seriously. If you met me in college, I partied, I hung out with way too many boys. <laughs> I did all of these things and I, I spoke terribly. I was not very kind. I cussed. Like that was my life. And I was also miserable, anxious, not full of joy, always worrying and people pleasing and honestly kind of quiet and awkward in social settings. And now if you saw me, I have none of those things. I can proudly brag on the Lord and just say that I am not anxious. I do not worry. My life is full of joy and peace and comfort knowing that he is always there for me. And I love my husband, but being able to, I rely on the Lord more than my husband. And I love the Lord more than my husband. And I can say that confidently because I know that the Lord is always going to be there for me no matter what. My husband has to go to work or my husband has to deploy or go on a detachment in the military. But the Lord, he never leaves in my lowest of lows, my highest of highs. When I'm asleep, he is always with me. So I'm telling you right now, no matter what you've been through, that old life, that can that can die. That can go away. You can be born again and made new. So I really want to, it's so hard to like talk about salvation on a podcast because no one is here able to respond. But I want you to respond, not to me, but to the Lord calling you to this. I want you to respond to that. This is like, this is big. This is cool. And it can happen right now, literally right now. So I'm going to say a prayer. You can say it. You can listen. You can accept it. You can hear it but if you have any questions text me i'll call you like i'll call you we'll facetime whatever just text me um message me whatever it takes but i just want to say a quick prayer listen repeat with me say it hear it whatever it is that you need to do but lord you are so so sweet i just want to thank you for all that you are doing in my life in these people's lives i just want to thank you for who you are Lord, I want to ask today that you just remind these people what it would be like to live with you. Show them how great and sweet you are, God, how sweet a life is with you. And Lord, I just want to say, and this is where you can repeat after me if you'd like to, or just listen, but I am a sinner. I sin daily. I recognize that. And I just want to repent. I'm sorry 
Lord, please forgive me of those sins and just start walking with me. Lord, I just want to accept you as my Savior and repent from those sins and leave them behind. I am ready to live a new life for you and only for you. So Lord, I just want to accept you as my Savior and just say, I'm sorry, forgive me. I'm, I want to repent from all of those things that I feel like make me dirty, Lord. And, and all that, God, I just want to pray over these people. I just want to pray that they hear you, they understand, and they're ready, God. And I just... Just bless them, Lord. Show them this life of peace and joy and comfort. I just call this in your name. Amen. All right, you guys. I hope you have a fantastic day. That should have been enough time for you to finish your coffee. Um, yeah, I love you. The Lord loves you. I pray over you. I pray over all the listeners. I just, I just love you guys. So I hope you had fun drinking your coffee and talking about the Creator. And I will see you next time.